Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about NASA's dark hand. That's correct, NASA's dark hand. Now, I think it's important to cover this because NASA is becoming so involved in the topic of UFO disclosure, almost acting like a gatekeeper for the U.S. government and the deep state. And it's important to find out where these guys are coming from and can we expect them uh, to be honest brokers of the truth. Now, it didn't take a lot of research uh, by me online uh, using Google to find out that Operation Paperclip was a secret U.S. government program that recruited former Nazi scientists and engineers after World War II. The program was initiated in 1945 by the Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency, and that's JIOA, which was tasked with collecting German intelligence and technology. Remember, end of World War II, even though the Germans were defeated, their scientists had gotten into some pretty high-level technology. And, of course, uh, the United States and the Russians both wanted this stuff. Now, the GIOA initially recruited scientists and engineers who had worked on the V-2 rocket program. But the program later expanded to include scientists and engineers from other fields, such as aviation, medicine, and chemistry. Honestly, once they got their toes dipped into the bathwater, they just pretty much went all in. One of the most famous scientists recruited by Operation Paperclip was, of course, Werner von Braun, the lead engineer of the V-2 rocket program. Von Braun and his team of engineers were brought to the United States in 1945, and they played a key role in developing the U.S. space program. Now, it's important to remember that von Braun wasn't just uh, some scientist working in a lonely lab somewhere in uh, Nazi Germany. This guy built rockets that were launched and many landed uh, over there in London, killed a lot of people. And the way they built the rockets was also, well, quite frankly, evil. They used uh, concentration camp labor. And it's clear that von uh, Braun was clearly aware of this. So his ethics didn't stop him uh, during the middle of this World War II from helping uh, Hitler's program build these rockets using uh, slave labor, these poor condemned souls in these, in these uh, concentration camps, and then launching those rockets uh, into the UK. And, and we have it on, you know we have plenty of accounts too where these where these uh, people condemned to death, uh, working being worked to death, actually heroically uh, sabotaged many of these rockets. So you can see the dynamic. We have a scientist who is uh, taking advantage of of uh, people who are being victimized and terrorized by an evil regime. And those people, in the face of death, are trying to save other people by sabotaging the very rockets that he's designing. Opposite ends of the spectrum. Von Braun and other former Nazi scientists who were brought to the United States through Operation Paperclip made significant contributions to American science and technology, but their recruitment also raised serious ethical concerns. You have to ask yourself, is it worth it? What are we doing by tainting uh, the pool, by bringing in these people that were so compromised? Apparently, our government didn't care that much. Many of the scientists recruited by the Operation Paperclip had been members of the Nazi Party and had worked on projects that supported the Nazi war effort. Some of the scientists had also been involved in war crimes, such as the use of slave labor in their factories and the development of weapons that were used to kill civilians. Despite these critical concerns, the U.S. government chose to recruit former Nazi scientists in order to gain a competitive advantage in the Cold War. 
The Soviet Union was also recruiting former Nazi scientists, and the U.S. government feared that the Soviets would gain an advantage in the space race if the United States did not do the same. Now, NASA, of course, was formed in 1958, and many of the scientists and engineers who were recruited by Operation Paperclip played key roles in the early years of the agency. Werner von Braun became the director of NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville, Alabama. Von Braun and his team of engineers were responsible for developing the Saturn V rocket, which was used to launch the Apollo missions to the moon. Other former Nazi scientists who played key roles in NASA's early years included Kurt DeBus, who was the launch director for the Apollo missions. Think about that. Launch director for the Apollo missions, former Nazi. Author Rudolph, who was the technical director for the Saturn V rocket program. Hubertus Strughold, who was the physiologist who helped develop NASA's life support systems. The recruitment of former Nazi scientists by Operation Paperclip remains a controversial topic. On the one hand, many of the scientists who were recruited by the program made significant contributions to American science and technology. On the other hand, some of the scientists had been involved in war crimes, and their recruitment raised serious ethical concerns. I, I think it's easy to gloss this over and just say war crimes. I mean, I don't want to get into it too deeply on this podcast because this is a podcast for all ages. But you can do 10 minutes of research, if you don't already know, about the terrors and the horrors that were committed upon millions and millions and millions of people in Nazi Germany. Six million Jews, I think, at least were killed. Not to mention all the other folks. Okay, it goes be- It's staggering, beyond belief. And then to take people that were directly involved with that. Now, maybe these guys weren't the doctors that were uh, committing the terrible uh, medical crimes on people. But many of these folks were using slave labor, and they knew it, and they did it anyway. And they were building rockets used to attack the Allies to kill civilians. And NASA just overlooked all that when they hired these people they have been brought over here by the Army in Operation Paperclip. Seems like an ethical dilemma, but to them, it was just no big deal. That's how it seems. In recent years, there has been a growing movement to recognize the contributions of former Nazi scientists while also acknowledging the ethical problems associated with their recruitment. For example, in 2019, NASA removed the names of Werner von Braun and Arthur Rudolph from buildings at the Marshall Space Flight Center. The story of NASA's ties to Operation Paperclip is a complex one, but it is important to understand in order to come to terms with the ethical legacy of the program. And beyond that, we have to ask ourselves, these guys were there at the beginning, okay? Von Braun, all these guys were mentioned talking about these Nazi scientists. They were there at the foundation of the development of NASA. You know, World War II ends in 1945. They're brought here to the United States. A lot of these guys have already integrated themselves into the Defense Department, whatever. And then in 1958, these guys are recruited uh, into NASA 13 years later. So it really begs the question, how much influence do these Nazi scientists have on uh, the foundational operations of NASA? How much of their personality, how much of their Uh, secrecy, how much of their compartmentalization, how much of their tendency toward keeping knowledge confined to the realm of the elite, how much of that was built into NASA's DNA? 
And can we really trust NASA here, you know, 65 years later, when we look back and see that at the very beginning, this department, this organization was infiltrated with Nazi war criminals? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. And now today we're being told that NASA is going to be in charge of disclosure or a large part of disclosure for UFOs. Now, I want to look at one more article that addresses this, and then we're going to move on into a little bit about uh, what's currently happening with uh, our own government and NASA, uh, often what we call the deep state, and what we can expect out of these guys based on this past behavior. Now, if you ask Google uh, to bring you up some information about Nazi scientists and their NASA links, you're about as likely to be told that that's a conspiracy theory and uh, to be directed to a number of debunking sites as you are to get the truth. But if you look long enough, you'll find out that even the mainline media is beyond uh, calling this a conspiracy theory. I mean, this is a conspiracy fact. And we have this article from Slate.com, and, and from it, we really find out that the Apollo moon landings, even though they're often celebrated as an American achievement, they involved the recruitment of more than 1,500 German scientists and engineers after World War II in a secret program known as Operation Paperclip. Now, some of these individuals were members of the Nazi Party and the SS. That's some scary stuff. One prominent figure among them was Werner von Braun, who oversaw the development of the V-2 rocket, which was responsible for thousands of civilian deaths during the war. Despite his Nazi past, von Braun became a key figure in the U.S. space program, from helping the Army develop ballistic missiles to leading NASA's efforts to land astronauts on the moon. Now, while the decision to bring these German experts to the U.S. was driven by Cold War geopolitics, it does raise ethical questions about rewarding individuals involved in war crimes. Von Braun's uh, transformation from a Nazi rocketeer to an American hero is seen as remarkable. He was widely celebrated in the media and even portrayed in a positive light in a 1960 biopic. However, not everyone overlooked his past, with some critics highlighting his dark history. Today, NASA acknowledges the complicated legacy of Von Braun and other paperclip recruits. Some, like author Rudolph, faced investigation for war crimes later in their lives. It's important to consider these ethical dilemmas that NASA faced and sometimes didn't pass with flying collars as we look to NASA to give us answers about UFO disclosure. Now, there were some sp specific things that were brought out in this article that I thought were really interesting. And you can find the article on Slate.com. It's... Uh, the title of the article is NASA's Nazi Past, and it says Warner von Braun was a member of the Nazi Party, an SS officer, and one of the German scientists and engineers who got the U.S. to the moon. And it's written by Dan Falk, dated August 1st, 2023. The Apollo moon landings are often portrayed as an American achievement, but the United States had help. More than 1,500 German scientists and engineers were brought to the United States in the immediate aftermath of World War II through a secret program known as Paper, Operation Paperclip. Some were members of the Nazi Party. Some were also members of the SS, the Schlüsselstaffel, the party's black uniform political forces. Now, I think we're all familiar with the Nazis, but I think we also know that the SS took that level of evil to a whole new place. The author makes some good points. He says, in, in speaking of uh, 
von Braun, who died in 1977, he says it's what he did before 1945 that's, pro- that's problematic. Von Braun oversaw the German Army's rocket program, culminating in the development of the world's guided long-range ballistic missile, the V-2. Around 3,000 V-2s were launched against London and the Belgian cities of Antwerp and League, killing some 9,000 people. The rockets were built at the Middlework factory in central Germany, employing slave labor from the nearby Middlebau Dora concentration camp, where some 20,000 prisoners died under horrific conditions. So see, he's, he's involved in about 30,000 murders there, deaths. They were using these bombs to directly, these V-2 rockets, to directly kill citizens. This wasn't like they were used on the battlefield. These were instruments of terror. And as they say, they're being built by prisoners who died under these conditions, building them. 20,000 20, people perished building these rockets that von Braun was in charge of. Now, he goes on and says, it is too late to prosecute von Braun for possible war crimes. He's been dead for 46 years. But as the U.S. prepares to head for the moon once again, it's not too late to take a closer look at the dark side of the space race and to ask what lessons there may be for the present day. And, you know, and I just, like I said, if NASA is using all of these former Nazis at the very beginning, as they construct this this, uh, agency, how much of those Nazis' personalities was put into the DNA of that agency? If we think of NASA as a living, breathing organism in so many different ways, how much of that, how much of their current uh, attitudes and politics and ways of doing business has been inherited from the people who founded that organization? How much soul searching have they done? He goes on, he says, Von Braun was profiled in the New Yorker and in Collier's magazine. He served as a science advisor for a series of educational Disney films about the promise of spaceflight. He was portrayed by actor Kurt Jerkins in a holographic 1960 biopic titled I Aim at the Stars, a U.S.-German co-production. Not everyone fell for the Von, for the von Braun hero worship, however, including several prominent Jewish comedians. Rabbi Abraham Cooper of the Simon Weissenstahl Center at an institution known for combating anti-Semitism and for hunting Nazi war criminals is more blunt about the free pass given to von Braun and the other Germans given new lives in the U.S. after the war. Quote, I don't think any of these guys got a parking ticket, he says. Those brought over via paperclip were the luckiest people on earth living the dream. They avoided any moral or judicial responsibility for their crimes during World War II and effectively were heroes. Let's get out let's get one thing out of the way, says Cooper. We're not talking about anyone who was forced to do anything, period, referring not just to von Braun, but to the other cohort of German scientists and engineers who helped the Reich, he adds. None of these people were victims. They were perpetrators. Von Braun was a member of the Nazi Party and of the SS. Whether he had any Choice in these affiliations is something for historians and philosophers to ponder, and debating who was or was not a real Nazi seems unsavory, to say the least. Von Braun's decision to accept a position in the SS, for example, appears to have been the result of infighting between that organization and the German army for control of the rocket program. He is said to have worn the all-black uniform with the swastika on only a few occasions. When a colleague expressed shock at seeing him in the SS uniform, von Braun is reported to have said there was no way around it. 
But von Braun worked on weapons that he knew would be launched against civilian targets, and the weapons were built by enslaved laborers. For Newfield, the key issue is von Braun's exploitation of forced labor. His research suggests that von Braun would have seen the conditions the workers faced, not only at Dora, but at eight other locations. At least one wartime letter penned by von Braun himself about a forthcoming transfer of prisoners implicates him directly in decision-making about the employment of slave labor, a potential crime against humanity, whether it was his idea or not, Newfield has written. NASA in 2023 is very much aware of its troubled past, so it certainly does not dwell on it. And then he goes on and talks a little bit about this. Look, I really have seen very little out of NASA talking about its troubled past. And like I said, these guys, of course, are all dead. What really concerns me is not so much about these esoteric uh, influences that, that these guys may have on future moon missions or Mars missions or whatever. My concern is this dark hand of NASA that came on board in 1958. And how do we know that these ideas, these thoughts, their way of doing things uh, has been expunged from this organization, especially when we see so much secrecy and arrogance and lack of disclosure surrounding NASA. Now, I want to take a look at this next article. Now, NASA certainly has its own problems. Of course, people have complained for years that every time a UFO gets near the space station, the feed, uh, the satellite feed mysteriously cuts off. And people have complained about NASA not sharing photos they've taken. They've complained about the way NASA sometimes colorizes photos. And basically the way NASA just really doesn't seem to communicate that well with the public. But they also might have problems as far as being a major national security risk. Now, this article comes to us from fedscoop.com. It's dated June 18th, 2021, written by Dave Nicepper. It says, ex-NASA scientist in prison for long-running deception working in China. And the name of this fellow, I'll try not to butcher it, is Maya, Maya Yapin, was suspected of passing confidential research to China, raising questions about NASA's insider threat protections. U.S. District Judge P. Kevin Castle sentenced a former NASA nanotechnologist suspected of giving Chinese nationals access to its facilities to 30 days in prison Wednesday for lying to federal agents about working at a Chinese research university. That seems pretty light to me, the 30 days in prison. Normally, I always thought that when you got sent to prison, you got sent there for like a year and a day. So that that seems a little odd to me. May it, May Yappen, 66, served as chief scientist for exploration technology at the Center for Nanotechnology at NASA's Ames Research Center until he was caught lying to the FBI and NASA Office of Inspector General about being a visiting professor at Sioux Chow University for an estimate estimated $1.4 million over five years. Sounds like a pretty good haul. The case raises questions about NASA's insider threat protections given Maya Yapin's long-running deception in which he applied in 2016 to China's Thousand Talents program known for incentivizing foreign researchers to transfer technology and intellectual property licitly or illicitly according to court documents. The privileges of access to cutting-edge U.S. technologies and intellectual property comes with the critical responsibility of protecting their secrecy, said Audrey Strauss, U.S. attorney, in a statement on the ruling. Mayappen betrayed that trust by failing to disclose 
his foreign activities and then compounding his mistakes by lying to the FBI and NASA. Well, I mean, he made $1.4 million and he's only going to spend 30 days in the pokey. So, you know, maybe to him it was worth it. Prosecutors said the government's investigation found Mayapin had provided Chinese researchers with data, documents, and guidelines on biosensors, assisted them with nano device fabrication, helped a Chinese company manufacture a smartphone sensor NASA is also working on, and gave Chinese nationals access to NASA facilities. NASA is committed to conducting its work and fulfilling its mission securely and in full compliance with all applicable laws and regulations, a NASA spokesperson told FedScoop. When asked if the agency will make any changes concerning insider threats based on the case. Well, it doesn't sound like they're making any kind of changes. And I, I think this is important. This case is important because, look, in the 19, what, 1958, NASA starts up. And they start up with a bunch of Nazis working for them. And here we are, and this case is from, what, 2021? And it's not the Nazis they're working with anymore because, of course, the Nazis have been wiped out or at least gone underground. No, it's the Communist Chinese, a country that has no problem with uh, taking folks who uh, believe in Falun Gong or home churches or political dissidents or whatever else they happen to disagree with and taking those people and uh, harvesting organs from them. And so it's not probably the kind of people that you want to share state secrets with, but yet that's what's happening. It's almost like we have this uh, culture of uh, enclosure there at NASA that the opposite of transparency, the opposite of accountability. In the same way that these early Nazis hid their past while working at Nazi, while working at NASA, and we were kept from knowing this for years and years and years, now it seems like they're being uh, this whole this whole uh, department or this whole agency rather is being infiltrated by uh, a uh, adversarial power, the Communist Chinese, and then. When it's found out, the person that did it, the person that committed this crime, this national security breach, they're given 30 days locked up. I mean, just think about the crimes that you hear about every day on the news. They get 30 years, and this guy gets 30 days. And he made it, you know, $1.4 million. So where's the incentive not to do it? And what's NASA's reaction? Well, their reaction is not, oh, we really need to clean house here. We need to go through our... Uh, you know, our bylaws and our protocols and how we do things and really examine how this could possibly happen. No, their reaction is more secrecy. Circle the wagons. The same way they did back in 58. So things haven't changed at NASA from as far as I can see, as far as their corporate culture goes. But yet, we're supposed to trust these people with UFO disclosure. Now, if we go to foxnews.com, we learn that NASA is developing AI to look for UFOs. And this is not something new, but, you know, AI is kind of one of those mystery boxes. Nobody knows for sure kind of what goes into it. And then it's almost like a magic eight ball. You shake the eight ball back and forth, and then it tells you what you want to know. So this gives uh, NASA a tremendous amount of leeway as far as setting the agenda, uh, setting the narrative for uh, UFO disclosure and what this all means to us. It's important because if we start shooting at these things, they may start shooting back. It's important to know what the motives of these things are, and it's important to try to figure out 
how much more advanced these things are than we are so we know how to uh, conduct ourselves and how to interact with these things. And secondly, and beyond that, if we're dealing with a highly intelligent entity here, it may be that the only advantage that we have is our own emotional intelligence. And if we take our own emotional intelligence out of the uh, formula and replace that with AI, then it's our AI versus their AI. And you have to imagine that their AI would be far beyond our own. So is that even the correct way to approach this? Now, this article is written by Chris Ebert, uh, dated September 25th, 2023. It says, NASA reveals latest weapon to search the heavens for UFOs and aliens. I'm concerned about the word weapon, okay? I'm concerned about uh, a culture like, uh, like ours that would have to be comparatively a Stone Age culture compared to whatever these things are, picking a fight with these entities that would have weapons far more advanced than ours. They could be, they could be uh, dealing with something that controls time and space. Yes, we think we're the big dogs on the block because we have atomic weapons, but what does that compare to an entity who can travel through time or who can travel interdimensionally? So I think we need to observe these things before we start shooting at them. Now it goes on here, it says, artificial intelligence and machine learning will be essential to finding and proving the existence of extraterrestrial life and UFOs, NASA said. The space agency recently released its highly anticipated 36-page UFO report that said NASA doesn't have enough high-quality data to make a definitive scientific conclusion about the origin of UFOs. Moving forward, AI will be vital to pinpointing anomalies while combining through, while combining through large data sets, according to the report compiled by NASA's independent research team on UAPs, a fancy word for UFO. We will use AI and machine learning to search the skies for anomalies and we will continue and will continue to search the heavens for the habitable reality, NASA Administrator Bill Nelson said during a September 14th briefing. Dr. Nicola Fox, NASA's Associate Administrator, elaborated on Nelson's point saying AI is an amazing tool to find signatures that are sort of buried in data. That's how NASA and scientists around the world are going to be able to find the metaphorical needle in a haystack, Fox said. So in other words, just write us a big check and we'll set this AI up where we can spy on every single thing that comes uh, into um, the skyline and eventually we'll point out where the anomalies are at. I don't think that's how we're going to break through with disclosure on this thing. Um, finding needles in a haystack is not the problem. People are seeing these needles every day of the week. The problem is uh, showing us the pictures. Now we know that NASA, it's been reported uh, that they uh, have hidden information about this for a long time. If we got to look at this uh, Sun article from uh, September 22nd, 2023, I'm not gonna get into the whole thing. I've done podcasts on it before. But the title says, cover up, I hacked NASA and US military computers looking evidence of UFOs, found it. They will never tell us the truth. A man who hacked into the US military computers to find proof of UFOs has slammed NASA's latest claims. They have found no evidence of aliens saying they will never tell us the truth. 
Gary McKinnon, 57, was accused of the biggest military computer hack of all time by U.S. officials after he gained access to U.S. Army, Navy, Air Force, Pentagon, and NASA computers 21 years ago. If you go into this case a little bit, and I won't get too far into it, but basically this guy, as I recall, he got he got to the websites where these guys would sign in out somehow. I don't think it was too hard for him. And then where it asked you to type in your password, he would just type in password. And a lot of times that was enough to get him into these get him in through these uh, high security clearance websites. So yeah, he hacked, but it wasn't like he had to do a lot of hacking to get there. And once you know, once he typed in the word password, then he had access to everything that this person, whether it was a you know a high level military person or a scientist or whatever, could see. Well, then Gary could see it. And you know, he talked about seeing these images of spaceships. And this was a big story at the time. They wanted to lock him up for that pretty much the rest of his life. Uh, so he was eventually able to secure his freedom. It says he claimed at the time he found a photo of an alien spacecraft on NASA computers and has now hit out after the agency's UAP report published last week, which found no evidence of extraterrestrial life. Yeah, he's saying, I saw all the pictures. You're, now you're lying about it. Dubbing NASA the National Association of Space Actors, McKinnon told the U.S. Sun, as usual, they said nothing on balance. And when pressed, they just repeated their noncommittal statement. We'll never get any truth from the military institutions with NASA is, regardless of the fact that it pretends to be a civilian institution. McCannon, who now lives in Leicester in the UK and runs an SEO company, landed himself in hot water with, Uf with U.S. officials after he admitted hacking into top secret computers belonging to the U.S. government agencies back in 2002. He has previously spoken about how he hacked into multiple military and government websites and what he found. McKinnon said he would leave messages on the systems he hacked, posting one notice on a military website saying, your security is really crap. He claimed he hacked a NASA PC and found a folder containing raw satellite photos being processed at Building 8 at the Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas. He alleged he clicked on a file and an image started to appear on his screen showing a smooth cigar-shaped craft with geodesic domes above the earth. Now remember, this is back what, in 2002, he didn't have a high-speed internet connection as I recall, and so the picture literally didn't have time to download. But a NASA employee spotted what he was doing before he had a chance to see the full image and disconnected the link, he claimed. He said there were thousands of other photos in the file, but his internet connection was too slow, so he man only managed to view the one photo. In previous interviews, he has told how he was left gobsmacked as he allegedly stumbled across thousands of photos during his NASA cyber sting. He also claims he found an Excel spreadsheet of non-terrestrial officers and ships with names, ranks, and military materials on fleet-to-fleet -fleet transfers, not in the public domain on a U.S. Navy network. It's a fact that there are objects we don't understand flying around in our skies. It's also a fact that there are scientific, intelligence, and military departments that study these objects, McKinnon told the Sun last year. McCop swooped on his tiny London flat in March 2002 and seized his Windows PC and modem. He spent 10 years fighting extradition to stand trial in the U.S. where he could have faced 70 years in prison. But his extradition was blocked by then-home security Theresa May in 2012 on human rights grounds after he was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, and he remains a free man. Wow. It's crazy that they would have to get him a, a mental health exemption to fight this. But yeah, they wanted to lock him up for 70 years. So the culture of NASA, 
I don't see it as being one of openness and transparency and disclosure. So right now we're being told that, oh yes, NASA is going to lead the way on UFO disclosure. They're going to set up all these uh, contraptions. They're going to scan the sky. They're going to report anomalies and we're going to treat this thing. Uh, we're going to follow the science. We're going to, we're going to find those uh, UFOs and we're going to tell you all about them. Meanwhile, Gary McKinnon says, yeah, they've known about these UFOs for at least 20 years. I saw a picture of one. Meanwhile, we find out that NASA was built on the backs of Nazi scientists in 1958. Even as recently as 2021, when this NASA scientist just found out to be uh, selling secrets to the Chinese Communist Party. What happens? Well, while they're trying to lock Gary McKinnon up for 70 years for looking at NASA pictures and uh, haphazardly accessing Department of Defense computers where he really didn't do any harm. He just showed the fact that these people were too incompetent to create a password, okay? They call that hacking, like he was some sort of a com computer hacking mastermind. Now, as I understand it, uh, the hacking level that happened here was on a basic level. If I'm wrong, someone correct me. But while they're trying to lock up McKinnon for 70 years, you, this fellow sells secrets, uh, this NASA employee sells secrets to the Chinese and you know, $1.4 million over, what, four or five years, and he gets 30 days locked up. 70 years for telling the truth, 30 days for selling the truth to your enemy. So that's why I have to ask, is NASA's dark hand, is it, is it what you want providing you with UFO transparency and UFO disclosure? Not for me. Until next time, this is UFO Warning over and out.